All right, everybody, welcome in to another episode of Load the Box. Tonight we are discussing uh, the Vikings attempting to sweep the uh, state of New York, and as we were just discussing before the show, sweep the whole New England area, really, uh, if they are able to defeat the the New York football giants on Saturday. This is another Saturday kickoff. Uh, joining me tonight, as he does every Monday and Wednesday, is uh, the greatest Twitter handle of all time, Will Goodwin, also known as at Will Bad Lose. Um, Will, how are we doing tonight? And, you know, let's let's dive in. I don't know about you, Jordan, but I'm definitely feeling the it's the week before Christmas and I don't want to do any work um, sort of uh, joining me tonight. Don't tell my bosses that, but it's uh, yeah, it's been sort of a schlog of a week and um, yeah, so I'm ready to talk some football and it's crazy how we're already over halfway through this week leading up to another Vikings game, another Saturday game. So um, yeah, I mean, is there anything on the top of your mind that you're looking at this game as sort of a key for the Vikings matchup wise or otherwise? Well, so I, I have defense for game balls this week and I won't quite give out my game ball yet, but I will, um, I will start talking about the Vikings defense and uh, Donatel had a uh, quote in his press conference where he was asked about what Dalvin Tomlinson means to the run defense and mm-hmm. the impact that, We've seen from him playing and then having what? What did he did he miss like three weeks or like a month? I think so. Yeah, three or four. Yeah, he, he missed about a month. Uh, you know, a, a little bit ago, and we saw the Vikings run defense. I don't want to say like plummet because it. it I, I don't want to ever say any part of the Vikings defense was elite, but I think you can definitely say it took a dip. Um, and and then with him coming back in, kind of making plays against the the Colts. Um, who, of course, did not have Jonathan Taylor. And Donatel just spoke so highly of Dalvin Tomlinson. So he's a guy, and that's a unit that I'm really looking at in this matchup this week, is we have to stop Saquon Barkley. Um, I think I outed you on Monday's show talking about our texts. Uh, just, you know, you said Saquon Barkley is really good at football on Sunday night watching that game. And I think anyone that's watched him this season agrees he is he's really good at football. So um, it's going to be crucial for the Vikings to slow him down and get creative with how they call their defense. That way the Giants can't just have their way uh, running the ball, you know, doing you know pulling guards doing all that kind of stuff i think the vikings have to be creative with with on blitzes and uh, harrison smith is going to have to make a couple plays or two in this one so really excited to see how they match up against saquon who i think is back to being in that top tier of running backs how about you i mean he's he's kind of their first middle and last weapon quite frankly it's uh it's daniel jones and saquon barkley like i mean they have you know, they, ha- they have some wide receivers, but they've got a lot of injuries. Um, Kenny Galladay has been injured for a long time. Um, and even when he has been healthy, he hasn't really seen the field a ton. Um, Darius Slayton is kind of the only other real weapon to speak of outside of Saquon Barkley. I mean, in fact, um, Daniel, Jones is their- Daniel Jones is their second leading rusher. And so sort of a weird offense to prepare for because this is not similar to the rest of the offenses the Vikings have gone up against. Like, you know, most NFL offenses today have two, three, four 
credible weapons that you have to take into account. And the Giants really don't. Um, not to say we should just forget about everybody else, but there is an element of this game of if you stop Saquon Barkley, you have a very good chance to win. I mean, the Giants scored 13 points offensively against Washington on Sunday. Um, it was enough to win the game because Washington also couldn't score much, but this is not a great Giants offense and Saquon Barkley is kind of it when it comes to keys and they're going to try to get him the ball in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, obviously in the run game with, you know, some creative schemes to confuse the defensive line, um, pulling guards, pulling tackles, et cetera. But then also they just like to get him the ball outside the numbers, get him in space, whether it's a swing pass or a toss um, they're going to set up some screens for him. They want this guy just to have the ball and a chance to make somebody look silly. So I think you're right on. It's it's kind of, uh, sorry, it's kind of Barkley or bust. And um, if we can contain him, we have a very good chance of winning. I want to touch on what you said about how he, and, and I don't think that it is a hyperbole when you say like he is the only weapon. Um, the wide receivers don't jump off the page at you. They're solid guys, but I, I think that the wide receivers would be three or fours on the Vikings roster. I think they would be threes yeah. and, and fours, maybe even fives on a lot of rosters across the league. And that's okay. I mean, you know, I, I like some of the wide receivers. I'm, I'm a fan of Slayton. I like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uchi James. Um, there, there are some of the guys on there that I do like, and I think that they will be good role players in the future, but they are lacking that true outside receiver. Do, is, is there a piece of you, because there's a piece of me that says like, if you have no dangerous weapon, then it's almost like any week somebody can have the blow up game and you don't know who it is. So you can't really game plan. Like Richie James could go for, you know, like 12 catches and 150 yards and a touchdown against the Vikings and the Vikings would have no way to have been prepared for that because who would see that coming, right? And so I kind of want to get your take. Um, looks like you – okay, we just got you on Frozen. Um, I want to get your take on – is that dangerous? Do you think that that is something that, that the Vikings should watch out for is, is the ex explosivity of not having a true superstar? It's an interesting angle for sure. I don't really think that – it's necessarily something the Vikings are going to have to quiver in their boots about. Um, I mean, they, they, they're going to game plan against the run. They're going to game plan against the short passing game to, to um, Barkley. So I don't know. It doesn't really scare me a whole lot, you know, as <clears throat> however, the, uh, the Vikings definitely, I mean, there's no way they're going to just say who cares about the receivers because you look at the games that they have played this season where I mean, the Colts really don't have any sort of like, or I guess the one guy I was thinking on, on the Colts, Doolin or something. I didn't even know who the guy was. And he had a few big catches in that game. Um, a few guys on the Patriots burnt us deep. Some some random guys that you wouldn't really, uh, wouldn't think twice about. So I don't think it's necessarily something to be afraid of, but I also think the Vikings will be prepared for, for really anything because... They know that they've been a leaky pass defense. The Giants are definitely going to try to exploit it a little bit. Yeah, I think another thing that the Vikings are going to have to watch out for defensively is um, Daniel Jones' mobility because I, I yes. do think that um, 
Matt Ryan is, you know, a, a true pocket passer, very statuesque. And it's not like the Vikings, you know, just drained hellfire upon Matt Ryan on, on Saturday. Uh, but disrupting Daniel Jones, I think, involves more coverage than it does just pure pass rush because he is athletic. I mean, you know, a few years ago, he was like the number one NFL meme because he just flashed that blazing speed that he has and went right down the field. And and then, you know, the the Telf mom still jumped up and tripped him up before he could score the touchdown. But um, he is very fast. And and if Mm -hmm. you let him get loose, then he can really punish you. So um, it is kind of dangerous going up against guys like that. Don't get me wrong. He's not Josh Allen. He's not going to lower his shoulder and drag three of your linebackers across the goal line or anything. But he, you know, he can make a move, and if he gets by one guy and no one else really has contain on him, you're looking, you know, maybe a third and long turns into a to a cheeky false down, and and those yeah. are the drives that can end up mattering for this team because um, they have an inability of winning games convincingly, apparently. So um, yeah. I kind of want to get your take. Anything else with the defense, or are you ready to hop over to the fun part of the ball? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I want to mention is just how with the Giants' offense, they um they're about really the best part about their offense outside of Saquon Barkley is once they get into the red zone, they typically score. Um, they're eighth in the league in red zone percentage. So when they get in the red zone, they generally score touchdowns. And as you would imagine, that's largely punctuated by an effective running game, whether it's with Daniel Jones, like you mentioned, or Barkley. So you're going to want to keep the the giants outside of the red zone, make them kick field goals. Um, and I think it is, frankly, something the Vikings can do. Um, they have bowed up in the red zone uh, as of late. And so that's going to be an interesting matchup. And in a way, it's kind of a something's got to give. So that's a it's an interesting thing to see once the Giants get down inside the 20. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be fun. Um, I, I'd like to see this defense. This is the last thing I'll say about the defense. I, I'd like to see this defense continue that momentum that they they kind of gained last week against the Colts yeah. I'd like to see them carry that over into this game and even if it's just for like a half or three quarters I want to see them play yeah. dominant football to, to, to kick this game off um speaking of yeah. dominant football Justin Jefferson in the offense will be taking the field for the winter whiteout um Saturday in U.S. Bank Stadium um I don't know if you've seen the the Twitter pictures and the videos and like the the little bit of video that we're getting and and footage of the field this is going to be exciting this is going to look really cool especially if the fans buy in and everybody shows up in the in the 500 unreal white hoodies um that they bought from bots like that's going to be nuts so i'm excited for that i'm excited to see this offense get out there before i say anything about it i want to know what because i kicked us off with the defense what uh what what are you the most excited about with this offense? But I mean, I, you can say Justin Jefferson, but that's kind of the obvious one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the obvious one is Justin Jefferson, and just because of that, I'll just throw it in there right now. He's getting my game ball. Heck yeah! Um, <laughs> not because I think that he is, not not because I think the Giants have a bad secondary or anything like that, but it's just simply the the uh, simple fact that he is 10 yards away from breaking Randy Moss's single season receiving yards record um, for the Minnesota Vikings. So Jefferson will break that most likely on the first series. Um, I would, it would be cool to see. 
I guess I don't know if they can stop the game. I don't know if that really works in the NFL like it does in the NBA sort of thing. But they did it for um, Drew Brees, but that was like an NFL record. Yeah. Like so, I don't know if they will for just the Vikings record. Yeah. So maybe after Jefferson gets a sixty-five yard touchdown on the first series and can gritty into the end zone, then they can do a whole celebration all wrapped up in one. But um, I'm excited to see what the Vikings running game can do. I mean, you're talking about momentum. Delvin Cook and the backs in sort of a strange way had a, especially Cook had some, you know, momentum grabbing um, moments in that indie game, that long screen pass for a touchdown, obviously. And then um, a couple big runs in the running game. There was a little bit of momentum there for Cook. He obviously didn't get a ton of touches out of the backfield um, just because of the nature of being blown out. Most of the game um, you have to throw your way to back, back into it. So I'm excited to see what the Vikings run game can do um, partly with the momentum, but also partly because the giants run defense is not very good, um, which is kind of strange considering that they have Dexter Lawrence clogging up the middle. Um, one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Um, he's, he's going to be a problem with uh, Garrett Bradbury, most likely out for another, another game here with a bad back that was aggravated in that uh, minor car accident that he had this week. But um, so he's somebody we've got to watch out for, but if this giants rush defense, which allows about 150 yards per game continues to be leaky, I'd like to see the Vikings lean on that a little bit and, um, rack up the yards with cook and Madison. I disagree with you. And I disagree with you because I heard a stat today, um, that I, that I would like to see happen. So Justin Jefferson, yes. He is obviously, he's like, he is one good catch away. Honestly, not even good for his standards. A 10-yard catch is, is pretty average for him. So he is, he is just one catch away from breaking Randy Moss's single-season receiving yards record. Did you know if Kirk Cousins averages 300 yards a game for the rest of the season, he will break Dante Culpepper's record by one yard for the most yards in Vikings history? <laughs> I think I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> he is, so the record is 4,717. 4, Cousins currently sits at 3,818, so he needs 900 yards. He's thrown for that in, a, in the last two games, roughly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if the Vikings fall down 33 to 0 in this one, then just Dante Culpepper, sorry, pal, but your record is toast because Kirk is coming all the way back. But, um, I want to see. I, I do want to see this passing. I think the passing attack is the strength of this team. It I is. think, especially with Bradbury being out, the run game suffers. I think significant significantly from that. Um, he really does. Like he is so quick and athletic, and that's not taking anything away from any of the other offensive linemen. They are also athletic. I mean, Ezra Cleveland hit like 17 miles per hour on Dalvin Cook's screen pass touchdown on Saturday, but. I think that the strength of this team right now with without Bradbury, the, the quarterback of the offensive line, whatever you want to call him, it, it is the passing game and it is letting Kirk drop back and, and relying on your on your franchise left tackles of left tackles. Mm-hmm. On your franchise tackles to to give Kirk the protection he needs to to dish it out. So I wanna see Kirk in this passing yeah, attack like really really dial in, really get going. And I'd like to see them build a lead early. That's kind of my biggest yep. thing is let's not – I don't want to say play with your food because, like, we we built a big lead against Chicago and then we blew it and we had to have a dramatic end to that game as well. I'd like to see us just 
get up 10 and stay up 10. Like, you can win the game by 10. I'm not asking for a massive blowout. But let's just get up 10 and stay up. And you know what I mean? Like, maybe they get within 7 and, yeah. then, and then we put them, put them right back. Like, let's, let's just have this be like an easy, comfortable cruise to victory. I don't think it will be that because the Vikings have clinched either the two or three seed. The Giants are still fighting for their playoff lives. Um, and they're a very scrappy team. I think they're a well-coached team. And so... I, I want to see him lean on Cousins and Jefferson. Uh, maybe KJ has even half the day that he had against the Colts. Um, Hawkinson and Thielen. I mean, the the, the weapons yep. on this team just seem to be in the passing attack. So that's kind of where yeah. I'm leaning. If I had the offensive game ball, I would I would go with Cousins 100% because I think that, I don't know, I just have a good feeling about him these last three games. I really yeah. do. I mean, he's been absolutely balling. And it's... Um... I mean, all the national media continues to slander him and we don't even need to get into that, but it's, it's pretty remarkable what he's been doing. And it's, um, but I mean, for the, for fans that have watched Kirk Cousins now religiously for the last four and a half years, it's not terribly different. I think really the only thing that is different about this season is he's playing with a lot more freedom and he's a lot more carefree and He's slinging the ball a little bit more, taking a few more chances. But also the big thing is when he makes a mistake, he just kind of goes back to the bench, takes a drink of his Gatorade and goes back out and throws some more darts. And um, I like what you're saying about wanting to get out ahead. I mean, it's, I think just for once we need to see this team play from ahead and just stay ahead and assert themselves. You know, we talked about that on Monday and kind of in that same vein, this Giants team is really good at stopping third downs by the opposition and red zone. Um, so what the Vikings will need to do in this game, kind of back to my running stuff, my running uh, analysis, if you will, they got to be successful on first down um, to get in those second and third and shorts. It doesn't need to be a run. Um, it can be a four to six yard pass. It, the Vikings just need to be effective on first down so they don't get behind the chains because if they make third and uncomfortables against the Giants, they're going to get off the field quickly. Um, we saw it against Miami with all those three and outs, et cetera. So effectiveness early, both in the game and both, and also just in the in the downs is going to be really huge for this team on Saturday. Yeah, I think that that's, that's something. I saw I, – I read this article, and it was – I think it was Mahomes – like first real season, or maybe it was the second season. This because I think they won the Super Bowl the second season. It just yeah. it talked about the Chiefs' offense and how they basically are running a Canadian Football League offense, where they just assume they only get like three downs to like, and then like you know you get first and second down, and then you punt. And for those of you that aren't familiar with CFL rules and. Uh, because of how aggressive they are on first and second down, they don't want to get into any third down. Like even third and one, they they view that as as a loss and they view that as a bad thing. And um, I, I ever since I read that, I immediately every time I'm watching a Vikings game, think do it like the Chiefs. Just get the first down. Don't even put yourself in third down and and don't even risk 
a, a blown up play toning into a, a blown up drive or anything like that. Um, do have to shout out Tom Day, um, throwing out that he wants to hear some Tom Day offensive lineman awards, which is a throwback of this show. Um, while Tom Day would, we would name our offensive lineman of the week after him. I personally think it would go to Dale Saul just because of, you know, him cramping up and coming back and cramping up and coming back. Like, I don't know, just really goody performance from him. Do you have any thoughts on the Tom Day, uh, offensive lineman award? It's gotta be Ezra Cleveland. That's fail. <laughs> I mean, that, that dude has been getting all the press this week too. Everyone's both in one, on one hand, making fun of him for running down the field and running into Delvin Cook. <laughs> And then on the other hand, praising him for running down the field and basically <laughs> carrying Delvin Cook into the end zone. Um, yeah, the the team has been laughing and chuckling a lot over that play from Cleveland. It was, a, it was a great play. Let's um, make no mistake. I don't think he carried him into the end zone. I think at best you can say <laughs> he threw him into the end zone because he fell down. And while he was falling down, he kind of pushed. <laughs> like It was honestly like I thought – Looking back, like during the game when that happened, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, Ezra Cleveland was down there and he helped carry Dalvin in. And then they showed the replay like three minutes later in the game and he just fell down. And I was like, oh, no, that didn't go how it went in my head at all. This is like a (laughs) this is a Mandela effect going on here. Um, So I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of people probably had that happen to them. But that's very impressive. I love the the big man rumbling down the field. But um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to dive in really quick, uh, give my skull prediction in my game ball and then and then I'll pass back. Uh, We spoiled your game ball a little bit. But I have defense this week for the game ball, and I'm giving my game ball this week. I'm cheating uh, is what I'm doing. I'm giving it to Ed Donatel. Everybody clamoring, us or me included, um, saying Donatel needs to go. Donatel's defense is bad. Donatel's no good. Well, whether it's O'Connell getting in his ear or whether it's uh, Mike Pettin or, or someone is is – getting Donatel to Blitzmo and getting Donatel to change this Donna shell that he loves to run and play a little bit more man coverage and um, really just uh, who would have thought the answer was trust Duke Shelley in man coverage Uh, that's how you fix the defense I guess and so I'm gonna say Donatel loans a little bit from the comeback and starts blitzing and playing man coverage and really just puts the trust in his defenders, specifically in the secondary, to do their jobs long enough that the blitzes can get home. And in saying that, let me make sure I tell you the uh, the correct uh, score. Um, I the think correct that score. yeah, the correct. What did I say? <laughs> That's what you said. The correct score. Oh, at the first, so I your, was like, your oh, prediction no. is correct. <laughs> yeah. So let me make sure that I tell you the the correct prediction. My, my uh, I'm gonna say that the Vikings win this 38 to 17. Um, I think this is a big win for the Vikings. Um, maybe it's not as big as the 21 point suggests. Maybe it is like a a 14 point game that we score a touchdown with like two minutes left in the game to really put it out of reach and and settle everyone's nerves. But I think this is the game where the Vikings they just they kind of I'm gonna say that they are comfortable in this one because of Donatel's defense. Um, really shutting down this run game, making Daniel Jones and the wide receivers of the Giants beat you, which I don't believe they can. Now, I said the same thing in 2017 about Nick Foles and Philadelphia, and they did beat us. So that's the risk you take, but um, I'm going to say that that team was a little different than these New York Giants who are fighting for a wild card spot. Um, so give me the Vikings in a, in a pretty comfortable win, 38-17. to 17. How about you? 
I like to hear that. I mean, I would love to see that. I, I waffled a little bit on this. You know, preseason I picked the Vikings. I'm not changing from that. Um, I waffled a little bit on the score prediction. The Giants have a relatively substantial defense in terms of limiting points and um, limiting yards a little bit. Um, their offense is pedestrian. Um, you can't really expect them to put up big numbers. So, you know, the Vikings defense kind of has a, uh, a standard of allowing roughly between 22 and 27 points. So it's probably going to be somewhere in there. Um, so I'm taking the Vikings 30 to 23. I think the Vikings offense has been rolling lately. Um, I mean, let's be, let's be fair. They, they would, they would have scored 30 in Detroit had Dalvin cook, not fumbled at the goal line. Um, they scored 39 last week. Um, I know you can't just remove two games from a schedule, but if you take out the two terrible losses against Dallas and Philly, they're averaging 28 points a game. So they, they're relatively high powered. Um, they can score the ball. I think they will be able to move it not with necessarily with ease against the giants, but it's not going to be too much of a schlog. Um, I think they'll be able to put up some points. So, and Greg Joseph's going to be perfect again, knock on all the wood. Um, (laughs) So yeah, Vikings 30 giants, 23. I, like I told you earlier today, Jordan, I can't, I can't pick this team to win by more than one score until they actually prove to me they can. So we will, uh, we'll stay with a uh, one score victory. What do you mean? They, they they literally just beat the Packers by three possessions. <laughs> what was it? Like 15 weeks ago? Three at this years point? ago. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. Feels like uh, that happened around the same time the telephone was being invented that the Vikings <laughs> opened up this season. This has been a long season for some reason. Maybe it's because every week is a how to tack in 60 minutes or less. Golly, it's been a fun one, though. Um, I'm going to let you get... Oh, wait, no, you do final thoughts tonight. So I'm going to give my final thoughts really quickly. Um, and of course, final thoughts, as always, brought to you by Unified Athletic Well. Make sure to check them out uh, for all of your things. It's getting close. I tried warning you a month or two ago. I said, look, I know it's cold. It's November. Softball's the last mm-hmm. thing on your mind. It's coming. It is coming. It is inevitable, like Thanos in the Avengers movies. It is... It it will it will be here before you know it. You will be having friends text you asking if you want to play in a bail league, if you want to play competitive, blah, blah, blah. So if you do any of that, check out Unified. They can help you get your uniforms. Also, if like you have you play any other thing. I mean, softball is what I go to because like I know a bunch of people that play it, but like if your school needs new volleyball uniforms or soccer uniforms, lacrosse, swimming, I'm sure has uniforms. Reach out to them. I guarantee they'll get you in touch with their designer and, and they'll get you some really cool uniforms made. Um, thank you to the good people at Unified Athletic. Um, follow the show at LTB Vikings. Follow him. Nope, over there. You're right there. Uh, follow Will on Twitter at WillBadLose. Uh, check out the Bad Loser blog and VikingsTerritory.com uh, for just elite Vikings uh, content. Okay, now that I've gotten that out. Uh, My final thoughts have nothing to do with the Vikings. I know this is a Viking show. Please, for the love of God, enjoy Christmas. It is my second. That and Thanksgiving are right there with my favorite holidays because you get to see all your loved ones and you get to enjoy time together. And it's just amazing. And it's the best. And so just enjoy it. If the Vikings lose on Christmas Eve, whatever. Enjoy your Christmas. um, Hug your families. Be good people. 
don't drink and drive, all that, all that nonsense that, you know, that this is, this is not an after school special. I'm not going to make Will put on like, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, Will. You kind of look like the guy that would try to get me to drink and drive like in an after school special. Like you've got the, the cool mustache and the backwards hat on. Like, you, I don't know. We could probably do it, but I don't think we have time to do it. So um, just, you know, be smart, be safe, uh, and enjoy, enjoy the holiday because it, it really is a good one. Um, and skull, that's all from me. Will, I'll let you get your final thoughts in. Thanks, Jordan. Um, yeah, the, the last thing that I want to mention, I will go back to the Vikings. Um, there is a sort of interesting, it's not, it's not too much of a storyline really, but there's a little bit of an interesting advantage for the Vikings in this game. You know, one, it's a home game, so there's just one small advantage. But the other thing is that the Vikings played also on Saturday last week, so they got a full week of rest. The Giants, on the other hand, played a road night game on Sunday. And so, you know, it was like almost like a day and a half less of rest and preparation that the Giants had to get ready for the Vikings. So there's something to look out for there. Um, it could be an advantage for the Vikings. Now, the Vikings have shown all year that short weeks – don't really matter. They're three and zero in short weeks. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of a difference if you're a well-coached team. Um, but it's something to keep an eye out for. Um, it's exciting Two rookie rookie head coaches, you know, going for coach of the year, potentially um, two guys that look completely different, have very completely different uh, body types, but Hey, uh, we got our young guy, Kevin O'Connell against their not as young guy, Brian Dable, um, I think he actually coached Kevin O'Connell at one point. So that's, that's something interesting to think about. Anyway, Vikings at home Saturday afternoon, Christmas Eve, 12 o'clock central. They're going to be wearing all white. It's going to look sweet. Um, the fans, fans, whoever's going to the game, please wear white. Don't ruin this for everyone. That's all we got. Skull y'all. <laughs>